Thoughts captive. My name is Chitis. My name is H1. And we want to welcome you back again. Uh, we had a little break in between, and then, yeah, we took a few months break, and we're back now with uh, various topics, various um, things that we want to look into through the lens of scripture. And, and our goal has always been to look at different topics and different, uh, different. What are these? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Different topics are different, uh, I don't know. Help me out, dude. <laughs> uh, subject matter? Subject, <laughs> okay. Topics and different subject matters, and, and our goal has been to look at all of those through the lens of Scripture. And, and so, so we're back again with various topics to the, in this season, too. And I think I used the most amount of word topics in a sentence in that last sentence. But yeah, so... So yeah, Jetwan, what all do we have this season in the store? Uh, we, we got great things in we season. Things. <laughs> <laughs> we got great things and we're starting with a banger, I think. Uh, something that is in the heat of the moment right now. And, and so the topic that we want to talk about is in light of what has happened in this country. And by this country, I'm talking about the United States. Um, what was it, two weeks ago? Was yeah, two weeks, ago? two weeks ago, right? Going on and two weeks, yeah. And two weeks ago, after about 49 years, the Roe v. Wade was overturned, where the now the case for abortion is given back to the states, and the states can decide what they want to do in relation to this topic. And and so it is it is a major step forward uh, for, for those that have been advocating pro-life in this country. And I think it's just a matter of um, something that we ought to welcome, but something that, that we ought to also now look forward to working more towards evolution of this. What was it? What did you say? Evolution? Ab evolution. Not evolution. Evolution. Uh, abolition. Abolition. Okay. Right, help me out. <laughs> right. Abolition of this great sin. And so, so it's, I think it's, it's a good step forward. So in light of that, we want to talk about abortion, what that is, and, 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 and what does the Bible say? We want to look into the scripture, right? Yeah. So, yeah, give your first thoughts. Uh, well, I guess my first thoughts, just talking about abortion, is going to be, uh, obviously, um, obviously, it's not necessarily a light topic. Yeah. Um, and you know obviously if you're not a christian then us to talk about abortion from a biblical standpoint uh, usually is something that is not viewed um in a welcoming manner right um most people who do not claim to be Christians, do not want to hear about the Bible as a reason um, against abortion. Mm. Uh, they, I think they prefer to take the scientific route, um, or at least that's their uh, way of, um, their just, just, uh, just a position. Yeah. Like that's the stance that they want to go about it. 
Um, and I, and honestly, I, I, I do believe even from a biblical standpoint, scientifically, uh, we could, we could still prove, um, the pro-life's, um, Absolutely. position. Um, but I do, you know, in this talk, I do recognize that this is something that is not a light topic. No. Uh, but obviously, I think we really want to focus on, again, like as a Christian, how to view this topic, because I do believe there are Christians uh, or supposed Christians um, that come from the standpoint of pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to, we want to, obviously we can maybe incorporate some science into it, but biblically we want to look at how to view abortion. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think we want to look at what, how God views abortion, what God says about abortion. But I do also believe like what you said to that one, that, that science does affirm what God says too. Mm-hmm. So, so we will, we'll touch on that too. So obviously, uh, right now it's it's an emotional topic, like you mentioned, right? For for many, uh, whether maybe maybe you have, uh, maybe you've been part of this, or or you've had someone, your friends, family who have had abortion in the past, and so maybe this is an emotional topic in that sense. Maybe you've been influenced by what the culture or or what the world is saying and then it has become an emotional topic for you maybe it's just become a topic of what they're claiming right now it's, it's a woman right issue or something like that so maybe maybe that is that makes you an emotional but regardless right regardless of whatever has influenced you we need to remember that as christians and i'm talking to only the christians as christians we are not driven by our feelings our emotions or even by the world. We are driven by what the Word of God says. And so we are to look at all the topics and, and everything, even if it's a hot topic or emotional topic, we are to look at it through the lens of the Scripture because it does not matter what I say or what Detuan says or what anyone says because we can all have different views and opinions about various topics. But what it matters is what God says because that is an absolute truth. And that's why we are trying to do with our all of our podcasts, but even in this topic, we're trying to look into the scripture and see what does our Lord say about this topic, right? And so, yeah. So, Roe v. Wade, uh, which was the court case that was um, fought in 1973 mm-hmm. by Norman McCurvey, if I'm saying her name right. She filed a lawsuit against the state of Texas to have legal abortion. And so... That is when the Roe v. Wade was almost like abortion was federally legalized, right? And and for 49 years, it has been so. Um, I found it this way that Norma later on became a Christian and actually opposed abortion and regretted her decision. Wow. Did you hear that? Did you know that? No, I didn't. No. And, and so... So after 49 years, uh, two weeks ago, um, the Supreme Court ruled that, and then correct me on this, how, how do how to protect, the Supreme Court ruled that our Constitution does not mean that abortion is legal. How does that, how does that work? What was that ruling? Um, 
Well, okay. So let, let's just, let's just take a step back. Right. So Roe, uh, Roe v. Wade, um, so it was really it was really two things that they ruled in favor of uh, the that it's a the Constitution protects the right uh, to choose abortion on the basis of right to privacy. OK, it's a woman's right to privacy. Uh, and then abortion is not absolute. It's not an absolute right. It must be balanced against the government's interest in protecting health and prenatal life. Okay, so and and what the way that they went about um, having this, I guess, giving this life in terms of what the states have power to do, they divided the regulations into trimesters. Okay, so uh, you know, once you reach a certain trimester then you could or couldn't, you were unable to reach mm-hmm. or unable to attain uh, an abortion. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, and so the ruling for the right to privacy was based upon the 14th Amendment. Okay. okay? And, and that trimester rule varied, right, according to the states? Uh, or- yeah, it, sh- it, in, it ends up shifting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like within the states, they were able to be a little bit more strict based upon the trimester. Um, now, it, it ended up changing from the trimester more so when it came about with um, the the Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, case where it changed it from trimesters to viability. Mm. Uh, so the, the baby's ability to survive outside the womb. Right. And so this, this decision was in, in, in big favor of people who were pro-choice, um, because the idea is like, well, if the baby is unable to survive at this point, then we should also be able to obtain an abortion right. at this point. Mm. Right. Um, and so now there's more um, fluidity in terms of uh, the state's ri- the state's right to uh, allow an abortion further. Even, even late term abortions. Yes. To the point of birth. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So because viability obviously could is up for interpretation. Yes. Um, so, so I think that kind of answers your question in terms of, uh, the States regulating it and, and, um, going from trimesters to viability, this idea of viability. So what, what the, uh, ruling from Supreme court two weeks ago did was it now allows for the state to vote and decide what they want to do on the topic of abortion, right? If they wanted to legalize or if they wanted to abolish, which that's what I'm from, I, I think we should treat abortion as we treat any murder. And so, so now the Supreme Court gave that right to the states, if I'm, if I'm understanding that right. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. So in a sense, okay. So say that, so this, this is what has happened, this is what has... Um, been the news not only in the United States but throughout the rest of the world. And so it brings up the question, how do we as Christians respond, right? How do we as Christians view this matter? 
and 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 this one kind of trust in it too there are there are christians that are pro-life um as we should be but there are also some that are pro-choice and and so i want i want to i want us to like look at the scripture and wrestle if, if this is who you are and you don't agree with us until now i want to speak through the scripture i want you to wrestle through this topic yourself and then you come to conclusion how would you disagree with the word of god or how can you find consistency in your understanding of the word of god and still be pro-choice right so should we begin <laughs> i thought we already <laughs> did <laughs> so we begin with the scripture right so 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 I, th- I, I think like if, you know, with mentioning that, right, I think we have to, I guess, lay out what the foundation is for that position. Okay. Um, because if if you are going to be pro-choice, um, then I think it start as a Christian, I think it starts with your foundation. Mm. OK. Um, and so what do you what do you think? Are, is the reasoning for that foundation with um, people who are Christians and they believe in the right to an abortion? So, what do you what do you think? What do you, what are you what do you think are some of those ideas that allow them to form that well, position? Uh, well, the scripture can't be that, right? <laughs> that's that's for sure. Scripture can't be the foundation of that. Uh, because it's very clear in the scripture that that's not the case i would say i would say you know like the foundation would be our rights okay you know so a position of rights position of rights position of freedom okay so you know like somewhat position i would even say position where we view certain human development to be superior than others too you know, in a sense that that that, that unborn is looked as as a less human than a burn itself. Does that make sense? Than someone that's born, that, yeah. Yeah. So someone who's born is looked as a superior than someone who's unborn. Yeah, I think and, I think that ultimately is the foundation. Yeah. Um, it's and and I think that's where the scientific piece comes in. Um, not seeing the baby as a person or a human being, Mm. um, but a fetus or a blob or, um, whatever else you can exactly that you would consider to be less than human. Um, and so from that standpoint, it's like, okay, we're not killing a baby. We're killing something else. Mm. And so I think the shift needs to happen in terms of the viewpoint of, when does life start mm-hmm. um, and when that life starts, is it human or, or is it something else? Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that is the question I think uh, that a lot of people want to talk about, like when does life start, right? When does life begin? Um, so I've, I, I did some research actually on this. Uh, mm-hmm. So before we even jump into the scripture, listen, I want to read, um, this classic book written by L.B. Ayer uh, called Development Anatomy. He says that by the time the baby is 18 to 25 days old, and he's talking about conception, Mm -hmm. long before the mother is sure that she is pregnant, 
the heart is already beating. Okay. Right. So oftentimes the life and death is defined by the beating of the heart, right? So when the heart stops beating, the man is pronounced what? Dead, right? But heart is already beating. 45 days after conception, you can pick up electroencephalographic waves from the baby's developing brain. At eight weeks, the thyroid and the adrenal glands are functioning. The baby can squint, swallow, move his tongue, and the sex hormones are already present. By 12 weeks, the fingerprints on the babies have already formed and except for size will never change. At 13 weeks, he has f- or he or she has fingernails, he or she sucks his or her thumb, and he or she can recoil from pain. Mm. And that's the description from, not from a Christian man, but from a secular professor. Another professor emeritus from human embryology, because a lot of times we just look at, instead of calling it a baby, we call it an embryo, right? And so so the, he's from University of Arizona, Dr. C. Watt Fisher. He, he says this, every human embryologist worldwide states that the life of a new individual human being begins at fertilization mm-hmm. conception this is science this is this is this has no backing from the scripture or anything else so this is completely from a scientific view of point this doctor who is also a professor emeritus so he's an expert in his field affirms that that life of a new human individual begins at fertilization when a, when a when a male sperm meets with the woman egg and they fertilize which is also called conception that's when a life of a new individual human being starts begins mm-hmm. all right so so almost the science affirms that that human life begins at conception Yes. According to these two scientists, at least. Uh, yeah, so DNAs form, um, and obviously with, like, right at, at conception, within hours of conception, we have DNA, we ha- which determines eye color, which determines sex, yeah. which determines um, a lot of other things. The individuality of that person, right? Right. And yeah. so, uh, and then the embryo, um, where you have your internal and external organs, uh, so everything that's needed in order for life. But uh, I, you know, and I, and I understand, I understand the argument in terms of heartbeat. Yeah. But at conception is when it begins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know, I I I don't think this is an issue anymore. To be honest, day one, I don't think people. Even that are pro-choice mm-hmm. have an issue understanding that this is a human life. And then we've gone past that. Like we've gone past understanding this is a human life, but we're okay with ending that human life. You know what I'm saying? And I think it goes back to the foundation that we were talking about. We look at it. We look at that as somewhat of a lesser life than a developed person. Well, and I, and I get that. But for the sake, right, for the sake of the conversation... It's like, okay, you you come from the standpoint of being pro-choice, and you say, well, it's a fetus, um, it's not it's not a baby yet. Mm. We're just laying the foundation yeah. uh, for for the sake of for the sake of the conversation, yeah. right? Um, so all of these things are happening that that leads to what? It leads to a baby. 
Like every single one of us Mm -hmm. started at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how could the argument be? It's not what we've all were. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, so like I didn't come out or you didn't come out as half of a zygote, half of an embryo. Like we all go through this phase. This is the course of life in terms of development for a human being. Like like I said, my development has since then. I mean, it's not like even when we were born, we're not fully, I wasn't like this. And I'm saying I was a little baby and then everything developed into Mm -hmm. where I am today. And then I just continue to develop as I, as I grow and mature and, 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 and and as I grow into a man and and then an old man and stuff like that. Right. Right. We were not, we're not the same. So we cannot, so we call this a human development, but we don't call that a human development. We call that just a clump of cells or something like that. Right. Which is, which is, like when you think about it back to your point of like where they just deny that it's a human being yeah um it, it logically logically and scientifically how can you how can you follow that pathway absolutely absolutely and and i like i like i think like most of the times i've talked to like especially when it when it's an emotional topic with with people and again I, I go back to saying like i think people have gone past the fact that in not recognizing that those are not human life mm-hmm. they've gone past that now to say that you know even if it's human life we don't care because it's lesser of a life than 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 a developed baby or something like that yeah but i don't think i i, I don't think that's christian people who claim to be Christians right. that say that, I think that's more so uh, what we see with people who are not Christians. Um, yeah. Where it's like, I don't care if the baby's born, even as soon as it hits the table, we can abort the baby. Mm. Right. Uh, I think those who claim to be Christians come from the standpoint of it's not a baby. Right. Mm. And so, um, so I, mm. I, I think, okay. yeah, I think, you know, it's not a baby at this point. It's not because, the, for example, the consciousness is is not there. Okay, like when we start talking about feeling the pain, like that happens later on, right? Mm. And so the consciousness is not there. But I, you know, some of these. And this guy said, in thirteen weeks, the baby can suck his thumb and he can recoil from pain. Pain, mm. right? So, like in terms of the stage of development is the argument to say whether it's a baby or not. And I think our viewpoint scientifically is it's a human being at conception. Absolutely, Everything that's happening in terms of development leads to a human being. Absolutely, And you should see every stage of that, that development as leading to a human being and nothing less mm-hmm. uh, just because it's a fetus or it's an embryo does not mean or, or zygote does not mean it's not a human being yeah. being formed. Yeah. And for Christians, mm-hmm. uh, there's even a greater purpose to look into it because it's not only a human life, but it's a human life made in the image of God. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's even a greater standard that, that we look into. There's a greater sanctity with which we look into a human life because we're not only, it's not, it's not only an animal life or a plant life. There's a separation between animal life and plant life and a human life because human life is the only life that is made in the image of God. 
And so, so as, as Christians, we have even a greater lens to look at the sanctity of life with. So, so said that. Uh, so yeah. with, with that point, though, and again, I know I'm hammering it. If your position as a Christian is that it's not a, a ba- it's not a baby, it's a fetus then you have you have to check have you really done the research scientifically mm-hmm. to to develop your viewpoint or is your view viewpoint based upon some um philosophical societal worldview political worldview cultural yeah. worldview right all of these things influence us yep absolutely absolutely and and even if I mean, even if scientifically you come somewhere else, I think there are enough. I think more than enough. I was I was researching this this past few weeks, and 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 there's more than enough backing in the scripture to show us that 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 the unborn is has life, and the unborn is made in the image of God. In fact, God is for the unborn too. Yeah. And so there are enough scriptures backing that way, which, I mean, for us is, as Christians, our main foundation should be the scripture, scripture above everything else. And, and so, so I, I just like personally, I just can't see now, obviously being a pro-choice does not mean that you're not a Christian, right? We're Christian because of our faith, uh, by grace, um, uh, by we're Christians by God's grace alone, through mm-hmm. faith alone, in Christ alone. But those that have been redeemed, we're also given this new life with new understanding of the Scripture, and we ought to submit to the Scripture and grow into this Christian life in, in Christ's likeness. And so I just don't understand how you can be pro-choice with that understanding and the new life and the Holy Spirit in, within us. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So, and I, I And I think, like, you know... I, I wrestle with that same thought too. Um, but I, I do know even as a Christian to adopt worldviews is possible oh, yeah. to, be to be deceived. Okay. So like Psalms 139 uh, and, and you guys probably knew this, this verse was going to come up at some point within this discussion for you form my inward parts. You wove, you wove me or um, in other versions, it says you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Okay. You form me, you form my inward parts and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. So the idea here is even in the womb, God is aware of this being. God recognizes that in the, the, in the womb of the mother is life. And so for us to say, when, when a man and a woman come together and, and by the grace of God, um, a baby, the beginning stages of life is happening to say that it's anything less uh, is contrary to what we see in Scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, 
I think it is a very biblical statement to say, and I think it would be fair to say that that you know, God is pro-life. <laughs> you know, and this is biblical to say that God is pro-life. And Genesis, like how you, how you mentioned about how God talks about the unborn. Genesis one twenty-eight, He tells Adam and Eve, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heaven." And over every living thing that moves on the earth, and 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 to abort a baby is to not be fruitful. Is not be fruitful to the command, and and the and it be disobedient to the command that God has given. And even verse before that, so God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Right. So to kill, to to abort, knowing that it's a life. Knowing how God views unborn is to abort someone made in the image of God. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and it is very clear, like in Genesis 9, how God views when someone murders someone in Genesis 9, um, verse 6. Whoever says the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God, and the reason why, why is murder wrong? Why is abortion wrong? For God made man in his own image. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we we ought to be, we ought to be like we ought to wrestle with these verses if we are pro-choice and Christians, mm-hmm. in a sense. Uh, now that I've got few points here, like a God, how God, how does God view unborn? Uh, in Genesis twenty-five, verse twenty-two, I believe this is the story of uh, Jacob and Esau, right before they were born. Genesis twenty-five, verse twenty-two. Um, and while they were in the womb this is the word that God uses the children struggled together within her and she said if this is if it is thus why is this happening to me right the word that is used the Hebrew word is the same word that is used for any other word for children the children struggled together within her while they were in the womb so even God, He views unborn as children, and 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 various all over the scripture. I, I can give you reference after reference. And in Exodus, He rebukes people who kill children or to, who are sacrificing children, right? In 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 Exodus one, will we see people that refuse to kill kill their son because the prince of princes of Egypt wanted to kill all their son but the, but the wives refused it because they wanted to be obedient to God not to the government various other i mean what what other reference do you have on this uh I, you, you, I so more, but so yeah obviously like uh in in Egypt right yeah um to spare the if the child's a female spare the child but if it's a male uh, go ahead and kill it. Uh, we have with King Herod. Uh, we also have with um, nations in worship of Baal or um, what's uh, what's the um, Molech. Molech. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in Leviticus he says, "Don't give your children an offering to Molech." Right? He literally commands that. Yeah. Absolutely. So we so we have that that examples that we see in scripture where babies are killed, um, whether it be from the government or in worship of, 
uh, Satan. Satan. Yeah. Um, but well, let's say if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna mention that, let's mention about when God actually orders the, the killing of children, because that's yeah. in the Bible too, right? Yeah. So we have um, specifically with King Saul. Let's let's use King Saul as an example. Um, so in in, in uh, First Samuel chapter 15, uh, Saul was commanded to kill every Amal- Amalekite, uh, including their animals to leave nothing breathing. Uh, so this was because Israel came out of Egypt. When, when they came out, the Amalekites, uh, they opposed them, is what the scripture says. Um, but it wasn't just coming out of Egypt. It was continuous. Mm-hmm. You know, so sharing the, the border with them, it, there was continuous struggles with the Amalekites uh, and the Amalekites killed their children, the, 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 the Jewish children. Um, so they continue to attack God's people. Right. And so um, in first Samuel chapter 15, the, the, the command from God is to go down and kill everything. So, uh, so that in the king, the women, the children, the everything, the, the animals. So, but what happens in Saul's disobedience, um, everything wasn't killed. Right. And so we see further on in that chapter, uh, King Agag was still alive mm-hmm. and, and who had to kill King Agag? Samuel. Samuel. Right. So. So in not following God's command, uh, there were some people that survived that attack. Now, on the surface, most people, when they read these instances where uh, God tells them to kill the children or kill this thing or these people or whatever, they only read it in this, this little bubble. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to read these few verses and they say, see here, God tells them to kill the children. How was God just? How is God good? How does God value um, life and children? In fact, this is this is more so an argument for pro-choice. God is pro-choice because he's deciding whether this these children live or not. And if you read it in this small little bubble, you can come away with this same ideology that God is okay with abortion um, or God is pro-choice. It's your right to choose whether they live or they die. It's up to you. Um, But if you investigate further, uh, because Saul was disobedient to this command that God had given, later on the Babylonian Babylonian empire is conquered by the Persian empire. Hmm. Okay. So this is where queen Esther comes into the scene and Mordecai. Um, so within, uh, within this, this, this empire, Mordecai gains influence with the Persian empire. And there's someone that doesn't like this. They actually hate this. Right. And his name is, Haman and Haman is a member of the council to the Persian empire. Um, and because Mordecai is growing in favor and not Haman, not only does Haman hate Mordecai, he begins to hate the Jewish people. people, So Mordecai 
constructs a plan to have Haman killed and he um, he uh, builds gallows and his plan is to have Mordecai hung from the gallows and have the king massacre the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So now Mordecai pleads to Queen Esther, mm-hmm. you got to do something. Yeah. If you don't do something, then not only will I die, but all of the Jewish people will die. Mm-hmm. So Queen Esther, who Haman didn't know was a Jew implores the king. Uh, Obviously there's prayer behind that, but she implores the king to save the people. And after all of this skirmish and all of this plotting by Haman, Haman actually is hung from the gallows. Mm -hmm. Now King uh, or Haman is a descendant of King Agag, who is an Amalekite. Mm. So again, because of King Saul's disobedience, not only did he lose his life, but centuries later, it almost caused the Jewish people to be massacred and wiped off, wiped out. Also, Queen Esther is a descendant of King Saul. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. So... I mean, you can read this example. This is just one example where God orders his people to kill everything. And we see like, okay, King Saul doesn't obey. And here it is centuries later, because of that disobedience, we're faced with this problem again. So, you know, if you read these things in the, you know, and there's, there's other instances in the Bible where God commands them to kill uh, the women and the children. Um, Do a little bit more research as to why God says that, why God's position is that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, God is God. Absolutely. And then understanding our nature, right? Like when every time we sin, what we deserve is death. To be mm-hmm. honest, what we deserve is his judgment. That is for sure. That's why. And when God doesn't kill is because we, because he's merciful, mm-hmm. because we receive his mercy. And so, so that's, that's understanding that. But, but overall, when we look at how God views children, overall, when we look at how God views the unborn, he does not view them as just an imbro or, or a fetus or a, or a clump of cell. He views them as a life. Mm-hmm. He views them as a being, as children, as as humans, and 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 I, you know, going deep down even there, right? I think the greatest stance of this can be like even even going to one of the biggest example of unborn. I think would be Jesus Himself. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. And 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 you know, oftentimes I hear this um, explanations from people like, "Oh, you don't understand the condition." Like you know, what about? if the woman is poor what about if the woman is raped baby raped or or is pregnant without getting married right what about if the woman is all all blah 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 fleeing the banks if you look at mary when she was with jesus she was poor she was pregnant without before marries right that if there was any circumstance like that mary had the circumstance yet 
Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. Yet he chose to burn. Obviously, there was Holy Spirit involved in it, but but at the same time, even Jesus says, in his life with an unborn baby, you can see how God views unborn baby when you look at Jesus, right? Like especially, I'm reminded of that instance where Jesus goes and visits Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. Yep, and, and I think it's in Luke one. Uh, but do you have anything? <laughs> well, the the. I think like in terms of the case against abortion, um, I think this is the perfect, like, why not look at Jesus? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let you read the verse, but I I have more to say about this. You want to go first? No, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so, uh, for me, the reason why unborn baby has life, we can even see an unborn baby being filled with spirit in this verse. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's 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 just beyond uh, explanation that how God views unborn, and and not only that, but you know, in the New Testament, the first few people that worship Jesus, that is recorded in the Bible, was Elizabeth, and this unborn baby, who's eventually we know that is John the Baptizer. And verse forty-one, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now, you know, Elizabeth has not seen Jesus. He hasn't seen him do all the miracles or, or, you know, haven't seen him walk on the water or all that. But she still says that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting come to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Hmm. We see there, there an unborn John the Baptizer and Elizabeth worshiping Jesus, who is an unborn himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and how could we say that an unborn is just a clump of cell? Hmm. The scripture is clear that even... And, and you know, oftentimes when we think about like one of the greatest mystery of of human of of the world is the incarnation right god became man Mm -hmm. but we have to remember god before god became man he became a little man right before he became a little man he was an unborn his viability was uh you know low Low, (laughs) we have to recognize that god became man but but in order for him to be a man he developed from an 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 embryo in the womb to a born infant to a child to a man exactly and so we- and 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 the thing was going going with that there was a plot to snuff his life out absolutely yeah you know and 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 i think it, you had you have the issue with king herod mm-hmm. but then you also have potentially what could have happened had joseph not been a righteous man mm. yeah had Joseph not been a righteous man, what what would be the what would be the outcome for Mary? Right. So, like, go, go going back, um, and and I think these two contrasts, and I and I'm gonna bring just another instance of uh, where people might argue for God's view of abortion, um, and and it's in the book of Numbers, chapter five, where. Uh, if a woman is unfaithful, she has intercourse 
and uh, let me just read a couple verses. Number f- Numbers chapter five, uh, verse thirteen. And a man has intercourse with. Let me let me go back. Chapter. Uh, verse 12, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, if any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him and a man has intercourse with her and it is hidden from the eyes of her husband and she is undetected, although she has defiled herself and there is no witness against her and she has not been caught in the act. If a spirit of jealousy comes over him and he is jealous of his wife when she has defiled herself, or if a spirit of jealousy comes over him and he is jealous of his wife when she has not defiled herself, the man shall then bring his wife to the priest. And so in bringing her to the priest, there's, she has to drink this uh, bitter water um, and it causes severe pain. Um, and if she, if she is, if she has not been unfaithful, she will go on to continue to conceive children. Uh, if she has been unfaithful, um, then this would, uh, make it impossible for her to conceive children. So we know culturally not being able to conceive children was a huge deal, right? Uh, which is like even interesting with the story of Samuel coming about his mom and, and, um, uh, that whole story. But also if we go back to Abraham, the whole idea with Abraham having the promise to conceive, uh, conceive with Mary, a child that would, you know, uh, that will form many nations. Like we know that not being able to have babies was perceived as a negative thing, not the other way around, Mm -hmm. which is where our society is headed, where, uh, a baby can be considered a negative thing to have. Yeah. So we see here in numbers, numbers five, where a woman is, 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 uh, thought to be sneaky, right. <laughs> right? Which we could attribute or see some parallels with Mary, yeah. where Joseph noticed she is, she's pregnant, right. but I'm not the father. Right. So his whole handling of the situation proves him to be a righteous man. But again, look at what could have ha- happened. Mm-hmm. He is not the father. Who's the father? Yeah. And here... Because of what God has done, God protects the life of the child. Obviously, it's Jesus. Uh, But the length at which they go to protect the child, they have to flee. They have to keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was every other chances for this child to not be born. But, but, you know. The lengths at which God went to to preserve the seed. If we take it even a step further, right? We know that um, through uh, Rahab, the Canaanite, Canaanite woman who was a prostitute who welcomed the spies into her home, and God told, told them to kill all the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. But she was spared mm-hmm. because of her faith. Mm-hmm. And it's through her we got King David. Mm-hmm. And it's through King David, we get Jesus. Once again, we see like God preserving, even though there's this in the backdrop, God says, go and kill everything. So if you just read that on the surface, you, you're going to miss these points. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, 
Here's the thing, right? Like you mentioned, there were so many people in the Bible that could not have baby that wanted babies, right? Mm -hmm. Now there are so many people that have babies that don't want babies. Mm -hmm. I want to look at it. This says, why do those people, why were those people in deep down when we look at it, why couldn't they have babies and why are these people having babies? And in relation to all that, obviously there's a sexual intercourse involved and all that, right? But regardless of that, the primary reason why the babies are given to certain people and certain not is because of God. Mm. But God is the one who makes them. God is the one who creates them. And to abort something that God has made is an abomination, to be honest. Like I'm thinking of Job chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. No, Job chapter 31. Uh, what verse is this? Verses fif- verse 15. Did not he who made me in the womb make him? And did not one fashion us in the womb? He says that God is the one who makes us in the womb. He is the one who causes fertilization, conception. He is the one who created us, right? And so, so for us to abort something would be to abort his creation, abort what he has made, what he has, like, like you, read in, you read Jeremiah, right? Where he need us together no that was psalms Psalms. okay so yep. what psalm 139 mm-hmm. and, and i think jeremiah says the same thing mm-hmm. too so what what god has need together i don't think any physician or parents have right to tear it apart psalm 127 behold children are a gift of the lord the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a war, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver mm-hmm. is full of them. Yeah. They're a blessing. They're a gift from God. It's it's a reward. The Bible says it's right. a reward. Right. And that starts at conception. Yeah. We read in Jesus' life, we read in John the Baptist. If you think like Jesus is a special case, John the Baptizer, right there, though, he was leaping with joy, right? In in, in Psalm, he says that he, and I think it's, it's in, in Psalm 71, he says that he knows us from our womb. Uh, Psalm 71, I think. Let me read this verse real quick. Why? Oh, you got it? Yes. Okay. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. You know, so he knows us even before from our birth. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows us before the foundation of the earth, you know. And, and so to, to, to abort something that God has created, to abort something that is made in the image of God, to abort something that is the creation of God, would be to abort him and mm-hmm. abort his work, mm-hmm. and and that is that is that is a sin. That is a sin. That's the same as killing anyone that is made in the image of God, which we have a word for that. We call it murder. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's it's so fascinating to me because because I feel like we like like I said like for me, what's bothersome now when I talk to my friends that are pro-choice, not Christians, but 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 usually non-Christians. It's like, man, they don't look at it. They don't. They know that it's a life that they're ending, but they're okay with it. You know, mm. I was I was reading this case uh, in South Carolina where this woman. Think about this, right? Like, think about this. This woman who was pregnant, mm-hmm. and she was 
she was she was addicted to drugs right so she was arrested for doing crack cocaine while she was pregnant and she was charged against she was charged with child abuse and neglect hmm. right and then later on when her, when she gave birth her ch- child i mean he made it alive after that but he still had the residue of cocaine in his body hmm. she was charged with child abuse and neglect the same woman would have no problem and would have no charges if she had gone and aborted that baby Mm. Do you see the difference here? Yeah. Like, like she's charged with child abuse. Even I think if you if you kill a pregnant woman, you're charged with double homicide. But if that person aborts the baby, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's actually celebrated. Mm-hmm. That's the culture that we are living in, and it's 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 just, it's, it's, it's unfathomable that we are okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, and so. Um, I, I, you know, I want to read this thing uh, in Luke 13, um, uh, like the first five verses. Uh, listen to this. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans um, were greater sinners than all other Galileans? Because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Mm. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who lived in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now, the reason why the reason why I read this is because um, the, the the position is to take a step back and say I'm I'm not as bad as these people, mm. you know, or or um, even from the the earlier story I I read with um, King Saul and with the Amalekites to say like well they were wor- the Amalekites were worse than the Jewish people. And so, you know, let's kill them. But here Jesus says, unless it doesn't matter who you are Mm -hmm. or this idea that you think, Oh, they're greater sinners than us. Unless you all repent, you're going to perish, you know? So, um, the idea in terms of God's view and deaf on okay so you say well they're a baby what's the what's the problem are there women why is god ordering them for to be killed but understand this understand this like one god is in control and unless you repent like we see with with uh repent and have faith in christ like we see with rahab you too will perish okay and this whole idea of valuing life um and, and and thinking certain lives are more important than the others, all life is precious to God. But the result for all this life um, who do not come to Christ, they all die. Mm-hmm. They all perish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just want to put that out there in terms of to, to think like, okay, well, we say, because obviously God does value life, but to, to, to understand that 
well, God, or to think that God is not just, or to think that God um, is destroying the Amalekites because he loves the Jewish people more, we read of how the Jewish people were conquered. We read about how the Jewish people died in the desert or in the wilderness because of their sin. We, uh, just the other, a few weeks ago, Corey preached on what happened with the one who decided to hide some things under his tent, what happened to him and his family. So we see what happens to those who don't follow Christ. But also at the end of the day, we are not the judges. We are not the ones who decides who lives and dies. It's up to God. Absolutely. And that's where that's where I think it all begins. Like we are not the one who also decides when does life begin and when it doesn't. Right. Like we, we God is the one who created it. He's the one who decides we submit to him and he is given plenty. I mean, like now as I hear like almost people say that you know if you're against abortion you're against women's right which does not really make sense to me to be honest like women's right and the right of an unborn is a completely two different thing because there are two different individual two different instances but 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 to tag them along and to say that it's either or would be it's it's uh, it's, it's an oxymoron to me and and so you know, when we think about women's right, what about the women that are unborn? What about their right, right? And who, like, God gives them a right, too. I'm, I'm thinking about Exodus 21. Uh, I'm read this real quick. When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman, mm-hmm. it goes back to that example I was giving to, so that her children come out, but there is no harm, the one who hit her shall surely be fine, as the woman's husband shall impose on him, and he shall pay as the judge determine, right? Mm-hmm. So, so he's charged... By for hitting a woman because nothing happened to the child. But look at verse 23. But if there is harm, if mm-hmm. the child is being harmed, then you shall pay life for life. Mm-hmm. Well, if that child, that unborn is not life, then why would God say pay life for life? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, strip for strip. Exactly. Right? There's God gives those rights to the unborn as he gives to the children who are we to take it away from them yeah who are we to take that away such from such them? such a good verse such a good verse right so, to, so, to view how god looks at the baby in the womb absolutely and and you know if god finds them precious i mean like just his jesus attitude with the children right like he's like little children come to me for theirs is the kingdom of heaven I mean, how do we how do we view any differently when we look at children? And exactly, and we're viewed as children, right? Yeah, children of God who have been adopted mm-hmm. into the family of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want I want to go even deeper than that, right? Why is this a problem? Why is abortion a big problem? And then the big problem, I think, it goes back to the first question that you asked too: What is our foundation? You know, if, if God is our foundation, if his word is our foundation, I don't think abortion would be an issue because we have walked away from God's design of marriage, because mm. we have walked away from God's design of sexuality, because we've walked away from God's design for sex. Mm. This all things, you know, in Romans, Romans 1, it's, it's the truth, right? For they, although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they're thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened and then later it says therefore god gave them up to their own passions right and then he lists out all those passions 
which includes all of this. And so, so I, th I think deep down when we walk away from God's design from all this, and we start, we start having sex outside of marriage. Now we start, and then, and then obviously when people get pregnant after that, there's various things, right? And then when we, when we start walking away from the righteousness and the design that God has for this world, I think this, this is the fruit of those sinfulness. Yeah, that that I think that is that is such a great point, um, and you know, in saying that, like bringing up Romans one, um, it, I think if if you are a Christian and you're and you're deceived, your foundation needs to be the Scripture, mm. right? Yeah. So don't alter your um, worldview based upon, uh, what the world says, mm -hmm. uh, based upon your feelings or your emotions, but alter your worldview based upon what the Bible says, have a biblical worldview. Yeah, absolutely. And so to the Christians who, who think that way, return back to the, to what God's word says. Absolutely. And, and, and the other point to that, right. Um, when, when you look at Israel, and Israel, when they they uh, made the golden calf, it's the same thing in Romans one. They instead of looking at instead of looking at creation and wor worshiping God, man created his own thing mm -hmm. and worshiped that, mm -hmm. and and like you said, went away from God, mm -hmm. and we know what happened. Uh, when they worshiped the golden calf, mm -hmm. but later on in Israel's history, the same thing happened. They they created mm -hmm. a, some calf again, and they sacrificed their children. Absolutely, and and you know, just I'm gonna just tag along with what you said. Yeah. Later on in the Western culture, we have started to worship sex so much. The result of that is a sacrifice of children. We call it abortion. Yeah. And uh, some of, I think, I don't know who wrote it. I was reading this past week. I, I forgot the author's name, but it's not mine. But he said, sex is the demonic religion of world, Western world. LGBTQIA, whatever you call it, is one of the denominations. And abortion is a sacrament of that religion. Wow. It made sense in my head, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It made absolute sense in my head. And I want to look at the story of Moloch and then, then the answer to those religion, like what you mentioned, though they worship calf, and then the result of that, the sacrament was the sacrifice of children. Yeah. Man, it makes sense. It makes sense. We just don't call it a religion. Yeah. But but when we start worshiping sex rather than God, you know, we are bound to God is going to give us away for for to to our sinful design that is a very scary place to be and that's where the scary part of most of the, the western world is today and and yeah. and that's the reason why we rejoice um it's not over but that's the reason why we rejoice in the overturning of roe v Wade. absolutely absolutely and then we move, walk walk towards where where this becomes abolished Abolished, not evolution. Evol evolution. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be Said that, you know, like, one last thought from me. Do you have, do you have anything? Right, one last thought from me for those that have, um, that know someone who has been a border. Maybe you have, maybe you're listening to this and you have had, uh, had had abortion in the past, right? 
just want to touch on touch on that this is an emotional topic and and and, and as you realize that this is a crime this is this is a sin let's say that this is a sin against holy god uh, i just want to tell you that you know in in god you do have forgiveness you need to repent repent of your sin and then when the guilt comes to you or, or you know when you when you when you are sorrowful for what you've done uh, i do want to tell you that it's not an unforgivable sin and more than even i can say here or more than even i can understand i know that god understands and he sympathizes with you more than i can ever do and and so go to him and in him you will uh, in whom you'll find forgiveness anything you would like to add to that amen yeah and so said that <laughs> said that uh, for pro choice Christians i mean i think you can either be pro choice or or you can truly uh follow Christ. I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, <laughs> I, I, like I said, you can be a Christian. You don't have to be pro-life to be a Christian, but I just don't understand how you can be pro-choice and still claim to follow Christ when there's verses after verses. I'm just going simple Google search on what does the Bible say about children? Just just search that. And, 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 and even what does the Bible say about unborn? We live in a time where there are so many resources out there that we can look into. It's so, it's, it's all over scripture. And, and, and I just don't understand how we can view any differently as Christians. We can't let medical personnel, scientific personnel, cultural personnel, celebrities shape our worldview. We have to let the word of God shape our worldview. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. All right. All right. We will see you guys in two weeks. Yep. Right. Peace.